This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. From which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello guys and welcome to episode 42 of the Stacey West podcast. I'm Ben and as ever Gary's with me. How are you getting on? I'm getting on very well mate. It's been a while, isn't it? Yeah, I was going to say like I'm I'm almost trying to remember how all this works, but uh, I think I've got a handle on it. Um, well, I think we said that we were going to do one a fortnight all the way through the pre-season, uh, post-season and so far we've done one. Yeah. <laughs> it was um it, it was one of those where it got a bit um we, we we didn't really have too much to talk about and then when we did have stuff to talk about, uh time got away from us, didn't it? Try writing about nothing every day. <laughs> which i know yeah, some I mean, people would say uh, i do anyway but there we go and most people would be wrong but uh, <laughs> anyway yeah we've um obviously we've had quite a lot to to sort of digest over the past uh week as as lincoln fans so what we're going to do first uh is just go back uh back a couple of weeks when to when we were very kindly invited along to the Battle of Britain Memorial Flight Centre uh, by Dean and Marcus. Thank you ever so much for the invite, guys. It was a just an amazing day. Uh, we got kind of a almost a bit of a VIP tour uh, along with Harry Toffolo, uh, Grant Brown, and a couple of the guys. Uh, Roger Bates was there as well, of course, and a couple of the guys from the the media side of the club. And uh, we got to to learn a lot about the the the, the the aircraft that are at the BBMF. Uh, we got to have our photos taken with the trophy in front of the Lancaster. Um, and it was just, I mean, it was a really humbling day, wasn't it? Yeah, it was tremendous. Before we go on, I'd just like to um, pass uh, our thoughts on to Bubs, though, because Bubs was meant to be on the day. Uh, that's Graham Burrell, um, unofficial yes. club photographer, photographer of the fans, as we like to call him. Very, very popular figure. Um, Bubs <laughs> has been enduring some health issues as of late, uh, and unfortunately missed that, um, which uh, was, was a huge, huge blow for him. I think he was gutted. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's yeah. having, by the time you guys listen to this, I think he's, he's probably still going to be going through those issues. So um, hopefully Bob's recover soon. And if you can talk slowly, um, we'll get you on the pod so that everyone can understand that Northern accent. 
Uh, <laughs> I might put it on YouTube with the subtitles. <laughs> now, because Bob's didn't go, that actually gave me the opportunity very kindly gave me the opportunity to take my dad along, who's um, been a, a long-time aviation enthusiast. Not the sort that will sit outside the RAF base with binoculars or anything like that, but when it comes to um, the Lancaster and the Spitfire, probably because he can remember the war, I don't know. Um, that, <laughs> he's quite keen on those things. So we had a, we had a fantastic day, um, and it was good. And what I liked about it was the willingness of what is an institution in Lincolnshire, and that's the Battle of Britain Memorial Flight. Um, it is; it's part of our heritage. We, I know, we get called Bomber County, um, you know, because of the uh, dam busters, etc. But also a lot of the uh, a lot of the raids that flew out of Coningsby and out of their uh, RAF bases across Lincolnshire were, were synonymous with, with planes like the Lancaster, the Dakota, the Spitfires, and that sort of thing. Um, and it's good to be in a position where the football club currently. Is, is quite high profile as well. And to see the two things come together um, and to, to be a part of it was obviously incredibly humbling uh, indeed. But I just think it, it, it's reflective of where we are as a football club now that those invites take place. Um, you know, and, and people from the club are obviously delighted to go along as well. And it, it's just good for everybody. It just strengthens ties. Um, Marcus and Dean, incredibly nice people. Dean, long-time listener of the pod. Marcus, incredibly knowledgeable, very, very passionate about um, about both Lincoln City and and the the planes in which he flies. Because Marcus Marcus is actually the pilot uh, of mm. the Dakota. Yeah, it was, it was a great day. It was really nice. It was really humbling. We didn't record anything on the day, um, but we did have a, I did have a chat to Roger, and he kind of did a little bit of foreshadowing when it came to one of our major signings. Oh, okay. Interesting. Well, we'll 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 come on to that. I just I just want to say as well, I did bring the kit with me just in case there was any chance of getting anything recorded. But uh, I think the day uh, not not got away from us as such, but it was definitely one of those days where that that would have been it was unnecessary to do. I think at the time, but it, yeah, just a phenomenal day. Um, thank you again to to Dean and Marcus for the invite. It was um, it was something that's gonna you know I'm definitely not going to forget anytime soon. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll move on then to, um, the signings. We've obviously, it, it's been a bit of a, a bus situation, hasn't it? Um, over the past couple of weeks, but we've, uh, we've finally got some, some pens to paper and what pens they've been. Um, where should we start? Should we start with the loan E first? Well, let's, yeah, let's do them in chronological order. Um, and okay. just in, for those, uh, Mansfield fans that might be listening, that means first one first. Um, Joe Morrell yes Uh, now I actually think this is a signing that has slipped through in terms of it was great to get the signing in but you know sometimes Danny makes loan signings James Brown um, Ricardo Calder Ross Etheridge not bad players but he makes loan signings just to flesh out the squad a little bit Um, and I think some people have looked at this and thought that's what this is Joe Morell is, you know, we've got a lot of midfielders, but he's coming in, he can perhaps operate on the left. Um, he's somebody that's gonna gonna fill in and drop in here and there. I actually think Joe Morell will probably start more games than at least one of our permanent signings. Um okay. I'm pretty sure that he could be a significant loan signing on the on the level of Shea McCartan, maybe, um, last okay. year. Because I'd, Bristol City are not going to loan us Joe Morrell if he's going to do a James Brown and watch football from the top of the Salinity stand. 
It's not going to happen. Simple as that. Um, talented boy, really highly thought of. Lots of Bristol City fans thought that he was going to play this season. Uh, the reason he's probably been allowed to come out on loan is because Samis Modic has moved to Bristol City, meaning that that attacking midfield role is um, is taken. I think that he is the direct backup to one of our other new signings that we'll talk about. Um, but I think that I talked about tactics yesterday on on a blog, or the day before yesterday, as you're listening to this, which was four one four one. If we we may play that, I'm not saying we will, but we may play that to unlock teams. If we do, there's going to be two players sit behind John Akindi, but one of them is going to be the attacking one that has to get forward past John, and that's going to be one of our other new signings that we'll talk about. Um, but the other one is going to have to be very midfield orientated, and and that was where Shea should have been playing last year. In that Shea had to try and do both roles. He was meant to be dropping back to occupy a midfielder. He was meant to be getting forward to help out in attack. And I just I got a sneaky suspicion that it might be Joe Morell and Michael O'Connor. Michael O'Connor in the holding role and Morell maybe alongside him, maybe not. I think it spells problems for for uh, for Tom Pet or competition for Tom Pet, should I say. Yeah, I think that's the the key thing that's that's coming in so far um in these, you know, in the signings is that we've now got essentially a, a, a packed lineup in the midfield area. We've got quite a lot to choose from. So um, it's it's going to put in a lot of competition in those uh, in those spots. Uh, if we do stick with four in midfield, we've got all of a sudden in the in the middle of the park, we've got Lee Frecklington, we've got Michael O'Connor, we've got Tom Pett, um, we've got uh, the Joe Morrell, we've got the other two new signings, which we'll come on to, and uh, who else have we got in there? Ellis. Yes, of course, we've got Ellis. So that's seven players that we've got to fit into four spots. So I think you could be right in that we'll uh, possibly look to pack the midfield a little bit more. There's a lot of vers- um, there's a lot of versatility in there, though, because Ellis obviously played on the left at Chesterfield. I think he even played left wing back at one point. Um, but then the left side of the field's looking incredibly strong as well. It's the right side, if anything, that that we need to to improve upon. But then you look at some of these players that we're saying can play on the left. So like Ellis, Joe Morrell has played on the left for the Welsh uh, for the Wales under twenty one side. But you know that's mm. flexible. That you can switch left and right. If you're a left footer on the right, you're looking to cut in. We saw it with Harry and Bruno swapping a lot last year. Um, mm. I dare I say, and I know he occasionally listens to the pod, so I certainly don't want this to sound negative. I think that Lee Frecklington will probably play far fewer games uh, than people realise. I, I wonder if, with the injury that he's got at the moment, um, he might not be starting the season in the first team. Um, because I think he's he's been working hard over the summer is what I'm led to understand. Uh, I don't mm. know that for for a fact, um, but it doesn't rule out, in my opinion, any move for Mark O'Hara. Firmly rules mm. it out. Um, yeah, I think uh, particularly with the other two that we've we've brought on board, I think the uh, the O'Hara deal is is probably off the table at this point from our side rather than. Um, Darren McAntony going, no, you're not having him. Um, I, I think given the the other two people that we've signed, I I can't see a spot for Mark O'Hara in the team, if I'm brutally honest. No, I really liked O'Hara. And I think if we signed mm. him, it would be as the defensive midfielder. Because even if we play the same as we did last year, which was 4-2-3-1, the two was a defensive midfielder and one that liked to get forward a little bit more. And it was 
usually it was uh, O'Connor and maybe Tom Pett ahead of him. Freck played the whole in role. It was almost like, and I know we get really prissy over formations and Daddy doesn't like it, but it was almost like we played a 4-1-1-3-1 last year. Do you know what I mean? In that there was a defensive yeah. and attacking midfielder and then the, the real attacking midfielder should have been a little bit further ahead. Could be classed as a 4 Four two, even you know, but I just how we set up is going to be absolutely fascinating this year. It really is, and and Joe Morrell, in my opinion, I think will be a, a, a key player for us. And I didn't go to the friendlies yesterday. Um, I was on fence painting duty, uh, which was <laughs> uh, riveting, and then I sat and watched it dry for a little while as well, which again was was like watching uh, Forest Green Rovers. No, that's actually quite cruel. They play quite nice football. I was trying desperately to think of something that was more boring than watching paint dry, but um, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't think of anything. So maybe reading one of my blogs, people might say rather tongue-in-cheek. Um, but from what I heard, Joe Morell had a fantastic um, introduction to supporters, albeit against two non-lean teams in a family fun day, which, you know, nothing can be gleaned from yesterday. Anyone coming away from yesterday saying... Jordan Adebayo-Smith was brilliant. We should replace John Akindi. He's deluded. Um, and that's not a criticism on Jordan Adebayo-Smith. It's the fact that yesterday was a training exercise everyone could go and watch. So Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about Jordan Adebayo-Smith then because um, okay. we've, uh, we've, we've obviously brought him through uh, from the academy. He's become the second in successive seasons who've signed uh, professional deals, obviously last year being Ellis. And uh, I mean, he, he sounds like he's he did well when he was out on loan. So I'm I'm really excited to see um, what he what he can bring to the first team. I know Danny's uh, Danny's quite keen to put his uh, put his faith in youth at some point uh, some stages. So. I imagine that we will see uh, Jordan start in a few games. I imagine it will come on as a few uh, as a sub for a few as well. Um, and I, yeah, I, I'm really excited to see what he can do. Um, what about yourself? How I've not I've not really seen Jordan much in uh, in person. Uh, so the only things that I've seen have been the the, the clips of him scoring at uh, at Grantham for the youth team. So you, you maybe uh, have a bit more of a broader uh, sense of it on that than I do. Yeah, I'd be very surprised to see him starting games in the league in the first 10, 10 games or so. Very, very surprised. Um, not a criticism on the game, but um, I just think given his um, previous experience, he's, I think he's coming in. Not, It would be cruel to say as a squad player, I think that that's that's wrong because he's exciting and he's bound to be somebody that people, people want to see. Um, but you can't put too much... Uh, when I say faith in youth you can't put too much um, pressure on young players do you know what I mean Um, however in my opinion and I might might be wrong I did a little bit of um, uh, a little bit of research on Jordan Adebayo-Smith and people are saying that he's a centre forward and he could replace John Akindi and all of that as I understand it he's actually can actually play wide right more efficiently than through the centre he's a winger I think by trade and he gets forward and scores goals as well. So he could well be a late substitute in games for the likes of Harry. Um, what, where he fits into the side at this moment in time is hard for us to tell because he's still a young lad. What it really does show is that the academy is making strides forward. Now, let's not gloss over the fact that they let every single one of the under, was it the, the team that won the under 16 or under 17 tournament in Bournemouth mm. last year? Yeah. Let every one of them go. And that, so that's caused 
quite a lot of issues with certain people. You know, there was a thread where um, they were talking about the link up with Lincoln Minster School and people going on saying, yeah, you're doing this, but you're sacking all these young men. Um, Football's a mercenary game. I didn't see any of those young men, young players. I don't know how good they were or how good they were not. Uh, What I do know is that Ellis... Technically, we brought in from elsewhere. I know he was Lincoln homegrown anyway, so he, he kind of books the trend a little bit. But Jordan's been brought in from elsewhere. Tim Akinola, who um, I think there was, he's obviously gone to Huddersfield, but he was brought in from from Leicester way on, I think, as well. A lot of the new influx have been brought in from elsewhere. Academies don't just go around the pitches of the local city now going, he's all right, let's get him in. Don't work like that anymore. Uh, you know, you look at one of our new signings, uh, came through the Nike Academy. So there's there's so many different routes into the game now. And uh, so yeah, it's good. It's exciting to see. I'm not going to place any expectation on Jordan's shoulders. I know a lot of people are very, very excited. One of the dangers that I think we get ourselves into is getting excited about young players. And then when they don't deliver, we shoot them down. And I'm thinking a little bit about Ellis's challenge at Cambridge last year. An awful lot of people were ready mm. to jump on him and shoot him down after that. You know, build them up, knock them down. That's the, the British way, isn't it? So... I would just hope to see yeah. Jordan make a first team debut and certainly get run out in the, I'd say the EFL trophy, but I'll, we'll talk about that right at the end because I think Danny's going to go and try and win that. So it'll probably be the League Cup Jordan makes his debut in. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, so then came the, the uh, well, it, it's the big two permanent signings, the, isn't it? The biggest one was next. Um, Chronological, remember, Ben? Chronological. Yeah, okay, I know. <laughs> um, so I, I, we've obviously kind of got a thing for people with with names beginning with J, because so far all of the signings we've made this summer have have been uh, J's. We've obviously got uh, Joe Morrell, we've got Jordan Adebayo Smith, and then Jack Payne came in. Yeah, uh, Jack Payne is somebody that you've obviously written quite a bit about already. I think we were previously linked with him, and if I remember at the time, I think you said that it was going to be. Well, I'd, I'd, words to the effect of it'll be something of a miracle if he comes here. Absolutely, absolutely gobsmacked. Still, I still can't believe. And people, are, <laughs> people are kind of criticising because I'm getting really, really enthusiastic about signing Jack Payne. When I started writing for Football League World, I've said it before. He was playing at Blackburn Rovers, and he was creating goals at Blackburn Rovers. He was really helping drive them forward in the final months of the season. And I remember we used to do opinion pieces, and one of the opinion pieces was should Leeds try and sign Jack Payne. It was championship side should try and sign Jack Payne. That that was kind of the how the the end of the summer came about. In that was he going to get a chance to go through at Huddersfield? I mean, yeah, you know, you're only talking 13, 14 months ago. He appeared to be a huge player with a massive, massive, massive potential. He left Southend in League One three years ago to seek football further up. Um, for one reason or another, that hasn't quite worked out. But he did, you know, he scored at St James's Park for Huddersfield, got a winner, scored in a vital game against Preston. So he has scored championship goals. Um, and I, whether we said it on here, whether I've written it, this summer was always going to be defined by one position, and that was the number ten behind John Akindi. And and whether we said people say we need a centre forward who scores twenty goals, we got one, John Akindi, but we didn't provide quite enough in the final third in the final third of the pitch and the final third of the season. You know, and there were games where we struggled to break teams down. For me, that was because Shea sometimes just didn't quite link up as as well as he could do. I think there was a lot of emphasis on the midfield and not as much emphasis on the attack, which is why occasionally John looked quite isolated. For me, Jack Payne is the man. 
He's exactly what we need. He's exactly the type of player that we had to sign this summer. He is our number 10. He will play behind John Akindi, who will wear number nine. Um, and anyone we sign in addition to that from now on will be to complement the current side. But if we were to kick off right now, we would have a team, in my opinion, that can finish in the, let's say, around 14th in the division. And without Jack Payne, I think we would struggle to break teams down and could have finished lower. Okay. I mean, I'll be brutally honest. He's not a player that I've I've had my eye on. He's not, uh, you know, I don't follow um, other leagues quite as closely as, as you do. Uh, but from everything that you've said, from stuff that I've, I've read elsewhere, it sounds like he's an incredibly exciting prospect. And I mean, he's, he's what, he's 24? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, we've signed, well, essentially we've signed two 24-year-olds from championship clubs on permanent deals, which... It's it's exciting. I, I don't really know how else to put it. Um, when previously, you know, we've we've had instances where we've dipped into the non-league and, and found gems in there, but it, it sounds like now we we are legitimately looking at, at quality players from the league above, which is what we did last season, and we managed to win the league. Um, I'm not saying by any stretch that we're going to win League One this season because we aren't. Let's just get that out there right now, but. It certainly goes some way to getting that establishing that, that Danny was talking about. You know, he wants to establish us as a club in League One. And if we have the kind of players that we're bringing in, I, I can't see any reason at all that we wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. I, I, I do think taking the point there, we've signed two players who have been on the books of championship clubs. I mean, let's not forget Jack Payne played in the Blackburn year. They were League One. Um, he was playing at Oxford, I think, on loan in the early part of that season in League One. And last year, he was at Bradford all year in League One. So what we've actually signed is a proven League One player from uh, the championship level. But Huddersfield released him as they dropped into yeah. the championship. So, yeah, I, I, in my opinion, we've targeted a player who shouldn't be within our reach. But if you actually break it down and look at it, you know, there is there was a realistic opportunity for us to sign there. It's just what we've done is we've beat off other teams. Now, whether we beat off Blackburn and Birmingham or whether that's paper talk, you know, it makes a great headline, but whether I'm not convinced. Oxford, certainly could see Oxford wanting him, the way they play on the um, on the offensive, although you know, they've signed Tarek Fosu on the left. So whether they wanted somebody to play behind Gavin White, it would have been perfect. We've beaten somebody like that off. So that's really, yeah, that's really, really interesting. But he's, he's, he's experienced predominantly League One. We mustn't forget he did play at uh, Bradford last year and, and certainly struggle to a degree in the second half of the year um, in terms of goals and uh, and everything. But um, again, I think Bradford were a basket case, weren't they, last season? And <laughs> I mean, from from what I heard, though, you know, um, Payne was the the best player in a very bad Bradford side. Um, I've I've seen that written quite a lot uh, over the past few days. So whether that's one hundred percent accurate or not, I don't know. But no. uh, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely something that's exciting. What they've exciting. said about Payne, and they've said it about, and this will segue nicely into the next one. They've also said it about George Grant as well. Is skillful footballers on their day, a uh, bit lightweight, and don't like it when things go against them. Now, I think last year that's exactly the type of player we actually lacked. We had nearly everything else. And the only player for me that came close to that, and I'm not talking about turning the nose up when it goes against them, because I think that depends as much on environment as anything. I don't think that's 
entirely personality based. But the one player we had that had that technical genius that perhaps got kicked about a little bit was probably Danny Rowe and, and Bruno. To be fair, but yeah, I think Bruno's different because he's out on the flank. I'm talking about coming through the centre and that real creative mm. spark. Um, and there's a difference between Bruno and the likes of Jack Payne because Bruno's pace beat players, get in behind, get a cross in, beat players, cut inside, get a shot in. When you're playing in the middle behind, I think you've got to show a little bit more guile. And arguably, Bruno might have been able to play there. And he certainly did for Boron Wood. Um, but it'll be interesting, really interesting now. And obviously, then that leads us into, as I've just mentioned, Mr. Grant. Yeah, Mr. Grant. I mean, that was a... I, I, was, I was sat in the office and, um, you know, my phone went. I checked the message and uh, it was my wife. She literally just sent me a message. The screenshot that just said Lincoln signed George Grant, and my initial reaction was quite aloud. Holy shit! Um, it was uh, obviously he was a player that was very heavily linked with us last season for a loan move. He went to uh, he went to well, did he start last season at no, County? Started last season at Luton. That's it. Yeah, so he was County the season yeah. before. Started last season at Luton, um, then uh, went to Mansfield for the final. Uh, final bits of the season um, and it didn't go too well for him and I think um, there was a few people I think ourselves included that said it was not necessarily a, a, a you know a, a bullet dodged but it was one of those where we were so heavily linked with him and I think at one point it, it looked like he was going to sign for us but then um, obviously he went over to the Stags and it didn't necessarily go all that well Um as you said with uh, with um, Jack Payne, it's to me that is that's more about the environment that's there. That's more about possible clash of styles with you know with him and the management um, with with you know with Grant and Flitcroft. I don't want to sow any seeds, but it certainly seemed that way from from where we were sat. Um, but I think if anybody can get the best out of young players and bring the potential out of them. Um, I think it's Danny and I have no doubt that we will see a much improved and a much better George Grant at Lincoln than we saw at Mansfield towards the end of last season. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I, I actually don't, I don't know what the problem was last year. David Flitcroft picked George Grant quite a bit over a fit Otis Khan and that's one of the Mansfield fans' arguments is he was actually favouring Grant when Grant was out of form. But you know, when, when the boy turned up at Mansfield, he scored four and five. So he had a great start to his career at Mansfield. It all tailed away at the same time that the the rest of their play tailed away. Who knows? It might be that you know the established pros didn't take too well to these lone players coming in. The likes of Nicky Josie coming in over Danny Rowe, uh, Danny Rose rather. The likes of um, Otis Khan being left out for George Grant. So there could have been all sorts of reasons. Um, Grant scored four, I think, in fourteen for Luton. Whilst on loan, they won League One, so that's not bad. Two of those did come in the EFL Trophy, um, but he, you know he started fourteen games for them, or twelve games, I think he started towards the end of the year, so uh, towards the beginning of the season rather. So he's talented. Another player who is only proven really in League Two, phenomenal in Notts County, absolutely phenomenal. That's his first season of ours in the league. He was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. But where yeah, I I wonder if he might be as much cover slash replacement uh, for Bruno as anything. Uh, but he can play, he could play on the left of a, a 4-1-4-1. If we do play the 4-2-3-1, he could play, I suppose, central. But as I say, I think Morel and and um, 
My mind's gone blank. Pain. Pain. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Morel and Pain could uh, are probably ahead of him for that role. It's just more creative. We've made this season, and you've already forgotten his name. Yeah. Do you know what? I was actually put off because I can hear my dog kicking off out the back again, and fees in at the moment while we're recording. And the dog just came in and tried to get on my knee. And as I was talking, I was trying to sh- like push him away while I was talking about Jordan Bio Smith because I know if he gets up here, we'll start farting and snoring. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's why Jack Payne. I haven't forgot who he is. Jack Payne, great signing. Um, so yeah, I, I quite where Grant fits in is is going to be fascinating. But for me, it, it more or less completes the forward players. Certainly, the the forward attacking midfielders. Um, I can't mm. see where we would add another one now. No, I I think that's that's spot on. And I think again, that was what we said earlier about um, uh, why we've not made the move for O'Hara. I think it's we've now got a, a more than competent uh, midfield line. I think uh, in terms of further signings that I'd like to see, personally, I think we need a little bit more cover at the back. I think we were we were crying out for another right back last season. Um, I think we need to possibly strengthen there, and uh, you know, not put not put too much pressure on on Erdley. That's He's we know in the past he struggled with injuries. Obviously, kept fit for two seasons with us. Um, but I would like to see some cover come in there, possibly another central defender. Um, and then I, I think we, as much as, you know, we are sort of flag bearers for, for John Akindi, I think we, we could possibly do with another pair of legs up front. Um, and that's not me saying that we need, you know, oh, we need a 20 goal a season striker. I, I just think we need another option. Um, we've got, we've got, essentially two big men and then we've got Jordan Adebayo Smith coming on. Um I think we could possibly do with another uh, another set of uh, another set of boots up front. I mean what about yourself do you think we need any uh, any further signings to bring in? Yeah, got to bring in a center forward. Um and that's not to replace John Akindi. It's just because Matt Reed is going to um play probably as many games as he did last year but in the later stages he's not an option from the start. Uh, in my opinion, unless we're in the EFL Trophy, etc. Um, I think we do need another centre-forward. Wouldn't be surprised if Danny doesn't pull something out of the bag as well, but we'll wait and see. Um, and at the back, I agree again, I actually think what we need is a defender who can play right-back or centre-back, um, as mm-hmm. with James Wilson technically last year. You know, James Wilson didn't, didn't want to play second fiddle. He wasn't going to ever break into the first team ahead of Shackle, Boswick, Bulgers after that. Um, but we almost certainly need an additional face at the back. Wouldn't surprise me if Bosley isn't also considered in midfield. Certainly, if Freck does miss the start of the season, um, you know he's another holding midfielder like O'Connor. So it wouldn't surprise me then to see another defender as well coming in, almost to, to offer that cover. But that, that person would probably be one of the trialists that we see. Um, I would imagine Danny's getting the trialist in because they're struggling to earn professional deals at other clubs, and Danny's hoping to get them in, sell them the club, uh, and and then pay them a lower wage in order to give them a, a first team contract. I think that's how Danny will look to flesh out the squad as well as loan players this year. Um, yeah, that's it's a fair shout. Well, one of the um, players that we said that, that I'm told we had yesterday was a lad called Elvis Otim, who was released by Barnsley, I think, at the end of last season. Um, and as you're listening to this, you will already have read the article that I haven't yet written uh, on <laughs> on the lone play on the players that uh, that we allegedly had on trial. Now, Otim can play pretty much anywhere: right back, centre back, central midfield, right midfield, 
that's the sort of player that Danny's going to bring in. Is a player that you know, if if it was Elvis Otim, let's say, and I'm not saying it would be, he's going to be happy with playing ten games a season wherever he can get it, just because he's part of the of a setup, you know. And then maybe towards the end of the season, going out on loan and us bringing in a youngster in on loan to give one of our players a a, a spell. So. Um, but with all the trialists on, here's a good question for you. Can you name three players that Danny's had on on trial that he's actually gone on to sign? Because um, we had this the other day and I, I could think of two. I can't, no. Can you think of one? Uh, not off the top of my head, no. Neil Erdley. Of course, yeah. One Luke. Yeah. I can't think of another one. Mm. Oh, I can. I can. Adam Crooks. Oh, yeah. Technically only came in on loan, but he came in on trial with Toby Edsa last summer, didn't he? Yeah. We signed him on loan. So there you go. If, you, if you're if you out there and you can think of anybody else that we signed after a trial under Danny, then uh, then, I don't know, put it on Twitter. Make yourself sound good. I've got three. <laughs> and Nick, Nick Oxbury messaged me. I don't know if Nick listens to the pod or not. He messages me every day during the summer to try and get some information out of me, which I don't know. Um, but he could only think of uh, Luke. So there we go. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I, my mind just went completely blank then. <laughs> just, I, yeah. Sorry, you don't need to excuse yourself, Ben. It's, it's fine. You don't need to excuse yourself, mate. You've been busy. You've been swanning off around with Manchester United players and stuff like that, so you don't need to worry about things like Lincoln City. I'm surprised you found time for us. Bollocks, Gary, is my response to that. <laughs> um, yeah, before we touch on the um, before we touch on the, the on the friendlies, I should probably just say um, that. Yes, there is a photo of me doing the rounds on social media in a Manchester United kit. Um, I was Love I it. was forced to wear it. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I got. Yeah, you looked at it. You looked at that smile on your face. Definitely looked like a, like I was forced this morning to have a full English breakfast. <laughs> and when Fee couldn't manage one of her rounds of brushes of bacon, I was forced to have it on my plate. When somebody offers you the chance to play football with Dennis Owen and Ji Sung Park, you do not turn it down. You've not seen me play football. Probably <laughs> nowhere near as good. Um, there was, yeah, I, I got the I got the opportunity to go to Carrington to check out uh, the new Pro Evolution Soccer game last week. Um, I was representing Lincoln City. I did have my uh, my away shirt with me. Um, although when we came to get changed to to go out for a training session, they uh, they provided us with with Man United kits, like full kits as well. It was proper full kit wanker stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, did you have, did you did you keep the kit? I, we got to keep the kit. Yeah. Oh, eBay. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. It's a new, brand new kit as well. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, we 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 had the opportunity to go down there, and it was uh, it was really impressive. Like we we played the game, and I mean, it just shows you what a training facility can become. Um, Carrington is obviously leagues ahead of where we're going to be at any point in the near future but it's a full-on complex like there's two massive massive sports halls like sports uh, areas huge outdoor pitches there was a 3g pitch there was a, a, at least two or three um full-size outdoor pitches as well as indoor pitches it was just a phenomenal day um and then as i say we, we got to train and play with uh with two manchester united legends and this was at the point where 
um, I I went up to see, I went up to get a, a photo with Dennis Irwin earlier in the day, and I said to him, "You were actually on my bedroom wall when I was eight years old, because that was before I decided that Lincoln City were the only club that actually mattered in the world." Um, and he said to me, uh, "I didn't say that bit. I just sort of said that he was on my bedroom wall." And he said, "Yeah, I get that a lot. Um, it, it's when people say, <laughs> oh, my dad knew who you were,' that I start to worry, and uh, I'm just waiting for the day that someone says that, that their granddad knew who they were." Um, but uh, yeah, there was a there was a moment when I got past the ball and I was running down the uh, the right hand uh, the right wing. Um, I say running, I mean I was jogging quickly, jogging. Yeah, um, and I had the ball and I looked ahead and I thought, right, okay, who's going to win this challenge? Is it going to be me, an overweight IT technician from Lincoln with a dodgy knee, or is it going to be one of the best left backs that Man United have ever had? Um, and sure enough, Irwin dispossessed me quite easily and went on to score. So. Um, Nice. Yeah, it was a really good day out, but it was uh, the photo is not representative of the reason that I was wearing the kit. Let's just say that much. <laughs> yeah, you're telling me. And while you're doing that, I was kicking my nine-year-old nephew's ass on FIFA. I'm still the king. There you go. <laughs> there you go. This year's Pez actually is is pretty good. It's a bit of a like without going into it too much. It's kind of a, 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 a Pez 2019.5, but. That's what a lot of people wanted, but uh, we'll we'll talk about that another time. Um, let's move on to the friendlies then, because it was the uh, I can't remember the actual wording for it, but it was like a community football day yesterday over at uh, Gainsborough. Fielded two sides, one with a bunch of trialists, and one which looked suspiciously similar to what I'd expect a first team to be, except maybe with Bruno Andrade not in it, and he was uh, in the trialist team. Um, and the results looked as comfortable as you'd expect them to be. Uh, Jordan Adebayo-Smith getting a a hat-trick in the first game and then uh, George Grant getting a debut goal uh, uh, in the second game from the penalty spot. So is he going to be challenging Big John, do you think? No, no. (laughs) I mean, it's like you say, it's always difficult to to glean information from pre-season friendlies, but it's a nice way to get out and have a quick look at... um, a uh, quick look at the, the players and see how they might be settling in or, you know, might be taken to the team and, and see any potential uh, gems, particularly with the trialists. So yeah, it was such a nice opportunity. Go. You didn't go and I didn't go either. I was going to say we didn't go. No, um, <laughs> for me, it was it, to be fair. It's, I have a, a, a family party, which if you're listening to this and you haven't been invited, sorry, um, but I have that on Saturday, this coming Saturday. So uh, I was, preparing frantically for that because my other half has a long list of things that I should be doing um, and they don't include watching Lincoln or recording podcasts. <laughs> Sorry, Fee. Um, she doesn't listen uh, right. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's all right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think the, the big ones for me, I'm, I'm going to, I'm actually looking forward to next Saturday. Um, we're going to head along to the, uh, head along to the Sheffield Wednesday game and then uh, hopefully be able to make it to the party if I'm, if I'm invited. Uh, and then um, we will, we'll see. I think I, it, I don't know. It sounds like Sheffield Wednesday have sold a lot of tickets for it. Yeah. I, I, I'm actually, a little bit gutted because I would have gone and watched Wednesday. Um, I'm not one for friendlies. I went to the Norwich one last year and left at half time. They're just, some of them bore me. I don't like the atmosphere and I know it's great for, I, I should be going, doing what I do. I should be going. I should be looking at these trialists and, and that sort of thing. But you know, I, you get look back at friendlies in the past. I remember his beat in Middlesbrough 5-1 one year, I think. They had Chris Kawamia playing for them. They were in the Premier League. And I think Sam Ellis was our manager at the time. 
you just think they're not reflective of anything. The result means nothing. And I preferred it when they used to be tournaments. And that was one thing like yesterday okay, was a tournament. Mm. We'll, we'll call it a tournament. Um, it was it was great for Gainsborough, for Lincoln United. It was a great community day. I'm happy it went ahead. I'm not going to be critical of it. And had I been free, I would have gone. But when you play Sheffield Wednesday, you just you invite them over and it's a nice day, but it's not football, is it? Do you know what I mean? It's not. It's a training session, and as much as yeah, I, I love Lincoln City, and if I was if I lived in Lincoln, it might be different. But I live, you know, however many miles away, like 28, 30 miles. I'm not going to do a sixty mile round trip just to watch a half hearted kick about. I can get that in the EFL Trophy group stages, can't I? It's, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll watch a couple of them because I like I like to see certainly as. As preseason develops, I, I'll probably I'll probably go to Stoke, um, and I'll probably go to Forest. I think they're the other two, aren't they? Uh, uh, yeah, Stoke and Forest. Yeah. So I'll probably go to those. Yeah, um, I mean we're we're actually taking the opportunity to introduce a friend's uh, five year old to football because he, he sort of he's going to uh, he, he sort of run well going to the what he calls football training, which as far as I'm led to believe is basically about 24, 25 kids uh, running around after a ball and, and not actually really, you know, playing football, but that's, that's what you expect from that age, but he seems to be enjoying it. So I said to my friend, look, well, let's take him along. Um, we'll, you know, we'll go along and have a, have his first experience of football, be at Central Bank, which I think is, uh, you know the way it should be when you're yeah, in Lincoln. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, and I'm not great. I'm not saying that friendly shouldn't take place. I'm just saying that they're not for me. And I think that's the perfect way to to get a young child in, interested. The worst thing is if he turns up like the blue and white stripes, because then you've got a real fight on your hands. <laughs> I will make sure that that is not the case. You can divorce um, nephews. <laughs> Oh dear. Anyway, um, is there anything else I wanted to talk about? I think I wanted to briefly touch on the FL Trophy. Uh, yeah, I'll do that. Um, I think we're going to go for it this year. That was all I was going to say. I, I think I've said it before. I, mm. I think that Danny likes to have something to pin hopes on. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't want the season to peter out in February. And with the greatest of respect, if our season peters out in February, then we're in a good position because we're not going to get relegated. I don't know, that sounds really defeatist, but for me, you know, we, we can call it establishing, we can call it consolidating, it's all wordplay. The two effectively mean the same thing, but establishing is the positive way of saying consolidating, but that's what we need to do next year. Danny won't be success, won't be happy with that, um, so I can see him pushing on and, and trying to win the AFL trophy, was all I was going to say. Absolutely. No, I 100% agree with you on that one. Uh, it, it seems like it's going to be... Um, I mean, Danny's always said he wants to try and get as much money through Football Fortune as he can. So let's be honest, we're not going to win the FA Cup. We're not going to win the the, uh, the League Cup. So the EFL Trophy is a good spot, uh, as we've seen before. So I think you're spot on with that. I think we're going to make a go of it this year. We'll probably be eating those words in about six months' time when it doesn't happen. But, you know. It'll happen. Um, we'll get through the group stages. If we want to get through the group stages, we will. That's fact, because there'll be teams that don't want to get through the group stages. Let's say, because the, the group stages are always regionalised. So, OK, let's say we draw Scunthorpe, Mansfield, Grimsby, one one of those. Obviously not Notts County or Chesterfield. Um, <laughs> and let's say Mansfield are at the, you know, they want promotion. They're not going to toss about the EFL trophy. 
and the Grimsby as well. Greatest respect to them. Are they? Are they going to come and are they going to play James Hansen? They signed, they've signed Hansen, haven't they? Yeah, James Hansen and Matt Green up top. Nah, of course they're not. And they come and play a couple of the kids up top. And so if Danny wants the EFL trophy, you stick John Akindi up top with that. Jack Payne sat in behind him, play the first team. As long as it's not impacting too heavily on the league. The League Cup for me, pointless. No prize money in it, no point. You might get a big tie at home, whoopie do. No point. Go out to the Huddersfield, play whatever the second string is, get beat, game over, end off, let's move on. FA Cup, very different again, but I, I can see... If we, uh, Danny says he wants to operate on a squad of 20, and I think at the moment we've got a squad of more or less 20. I mm. firmly expect that to be 21 with the signing of a left back who can also play left wing, which is going to be really interesting, or play left midfield. But we'll, if that comes off, we'll see. Um, so I just, I'm interested to see how the squad's going to develop. I still think he'll end up with a squad of about 22, maybe even yeah. 23, including loan players, because he's going to want football fortune. And another trip to Wembley would be phenomenal, even just to get to the the semi-finals. But it's harder in it this year because haven't all the big teams started put their under twenty ones in now as well? Man City we were in last year, I think. I think United are doing it, and Liverpool this year. Okay, so I might be able get... to wear my United shirt then if yeah. I can. Uh... Yeah, you can two team. <laughs> they, they shouldn't be in it. That's the thing. It shouldn't yeah. be about that. We we shouldn't have to face them and. I think there was a, a, a suggestion that after the group stages, it splits into a an under-21 and a, a, a main team competition and the two finals were played on the same day, um, an under-21 final and a main team final. I think that would be great, but unfortunately that means that the under-21 teams then don't get to play the senior teams in the later stages and that's kind of the point. So. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. You know, there's, there's always going to be controversy about the the, the way that that uh, that competition's sorted out, and it's to me, I, I just think there shouldn't be any Premiership uh, Premier League, sorry, involvement at all. Um, it should be a, a trophy for English football league teams to try and get to Wembley. Which, but then the prize is, money's not there. Yeah, it's it's a catch twenty two. It really is. It's- and people say we're selling our soul. It's not a gateway to a League Three. And the competition, in my opinion, has huge importance when you look at the players that have come through in it. I mean, uh, some of the young players, I think Joe Morrell, if you look, probably made, I think he made his early Bristol City appearances in for their under-21 side in the competition. You look at a lot of the young Chelsea players that are moving on. Um, then, you know, they, they, yeah, Ethan Ampadu, there's uh, Samet, the lad Samet, who's just signed for Sunderland. I think he was on loan at Falkirk last year. So it, it gets young players the experience. Um, mm. and it, to have those under-21 teams in, you, that brings the money in. But you, you can't, the day that an under-21 side gets through to the Wembley final is the day that the competition is worthless. Because mm. that's the day that you basically urinated on the lower leagues. And nobody wants that to happen. It won't matter though, because next year we'll be sticking our under-21 team in it. <laughs> Here's hoping anyway. One um, last thing as well, buy my book. Yes, by the book. It's very good. It's a very good read. I'm about halfway through it. I've uh, I've sort of picked it up as and when, and it's uh, it's a very very good read. I got my first not not quite positive review the other day. Oh no! Yeah, it was a three star, and I got three stars. He said I'm going to give it three stars just because the author wrote it, um, but I, I, it's not something I'd recommend. Well, it's you know, taste in it. I don't expect yeah. all good reviews. So, I mean, they're wrong, but it's taste. I'm not. I'm not saying that. It's it's, it's personal <laughs> that, opinion. That, yeah. yeah, it's personal yeah. opinion. So there was one moment actually when I was reading it, and I just went, "Oh yeah, that happened, didn't it?" I forgot that Phil Stamp was our manager for a while. 
Wow. Yeah, I'd, I'd genuinely forgotten that. Um, yeah. Oh, well. Anyway, um, anything else you need to plug other than the book? Or are we uh, we're more or less good till season starts, I think, aren't we? No, I think we'll do another one in two weeks. I think we'll do a, a proper pre-season review. We might even talk about some of our competitors. And so I could do, we could do a League One one, you know, just talk. I know that would be probably really difficult for you and it'd just be me talking, but. <laughs> I'll just nod and go, yeah. 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 No, hmm. And no one will see Actually, you nod because it's a podcast. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll record myself going, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. And then you can just input it where you like. Just send me like, just send me like an hour of audio and I can uh, I can just input me in there. That'll be good. Which listeners is what we've done today. <laughs> uh, and also I've got a great uh, I've got a great bit of music that we can play next time and I'm not sure how copyright sits with it. But Malcolm Johnson has sent me uh, the record, the Lincolnshire Poacher that was released ages and ages ago. And I wonder if wow. we might try and work that into a jingle this year. I'm going I'm to try and put another jingle together, I think. Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have a look at that for sure. Cool. Um, but yeah, when I, when I said plugs, I meant plugs till the start of the season, not podcasts. I like doing these. They're good. Okay, cool. Yeah, very good. Um, but yeah, uh, right. So we will uh, see you guys hopefully in a couple of weeks when uh, we'll, we'll have some more friendlies to talk about and hopefully a couple more sign-ins. All right, guys. See you later. Take care. Ta-ra. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute, and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.